The book of James, James chapter number four, James chapter number four. Uh, this morning we brought our message from a uh, familiar passage of scripture, familiar Bible story. Tonight uh, we're going to bring a message from a passage of scripture I've preached many times for, uh, from, uh, but just a little bit different uh, angle this evening, if you will. And I'm thankful that the word of God is a deep well. And uh, it's, you're never going to run out of the truths of Scripture. Say, so, well, I've, I've read it before. Well, read it again, and God will give you something uh, to go with what you've already had. And so we look forward. I'm going to be very practical, very simple, and dare I say it, very long. <laughs> well, I was going to be very simple, very practical. I was going to try and be, just stick to the point. Be brief, get you out. We've been working hard, got a lot of work this week, getting ready for school, all those kind of things. And on the way in, Brother Ruck gave me an atomic fireball. <laughs> and so I'm ready to go tonight. James 4, beginning with verse 14. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, don't you wish you knew what tomorrow is going to bring? We say we do. But you really don't. For what, whereas ye know that what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. This morning, I hope the message this morning was an encouragement and a help, and I want the night's message to be very practical, but I want it to be helpful and encouraging to you. In verse number 14, I want you to see that question, for what is your life? There might be somebody sitting out here tonight saying, I'm glad somebody's finally going to tell me. I've been asking that question, what in the world is going on in my life? What is my life? I want to look at it in very practical terms, very broad terms but applicable to every single one of us this evening. For what is your life? Father, help us tonight as we look into your word. May this be a help. May we think on these things long after we leave the service tonight. May we be reminded of your love for us, of your care for us, how you've designed our life. You've given us life. You give us opportunity. And Father, may we take full advantage of it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is one of those passages, passages of Scripture that the Lord brings to my mind often. There are, you, you have those that uh, they become your favorite uh, verses. They become verses that are special to you uh, when you go through certain things in your life. Uh, they, go, they become verses that become, they guide you. Well, you. You should have those things, and the more you're in the Word of God, the more God will give you those. For me, this is a passage that I... I refer to often to remind me of something that we all know, but we all need to be reminded of. We all have one life. And when making my decisions about what to do with my life, there are some things that I need to consider about my life and that perspective from the giver of life. Because it is easy for us to get distracted. It is easy for us to let time go by there's some very important principles, and we, we've looked at them before in, in times gone by. I've preached from this passage, but I want to give us a fresh look at it tonight. And if I overlap something I've said in years past, it's a good thing. Because we need to be reminded of these things this evening. And I'll get right into the outline. We ask that question, what is your life? 
There's probably more that I could give you tonight, but I'm going to focus on four answers to that question for all of us. When we ask the question, and James asked the question, for what is your life? I'm going to say, number one, it's a gift from God. Your life is a gift from God. Um, man is not the creator of life in the sense that God is the giver of life. Man doesn't decide who lives and dies except by the laws that God has set. God is the giver of life. Long before you were on this planet, obviously God had, a, had you planned. He had a plan for you. Uh, it is a gift from God. Now that gift ought to be special to us because we realize its value and its significance. You ever get a gift from somebody, you just don't care about it? Don't nod your head in case it's somebody sitting next to you. But there are some things that their earthly value, there's not an earthly value, but because of what it is and who it's from, it's priceless. You can't replace it. Whether it's a little craft that's been made by a child or it's a, a note or it's an heirloom that's been passed down or it's something that belonged to a loved one who has gone on to be with the Lord or we all have things in our mind. It's a special photograph or something. As far as that putting a monetary price tag on it, it's not, it doesn't have any value per se, but it is priceless because of who it came from and it cannot be recreated. You and I need to be reminded that that's what your life is, that's what my life is. If the value in your life and my life is, is one, there's only one of them, it can't be recreated. And second of all, it's who our life is a gift from. I'm afraid as Christians, sometimes we fail to be reminded of this, and I think it would change our mentality sometimes as we deal with this life, as we make decisions, as we let the devil sit on our shoulder and discourage us, Say, what is this life? It's a gift from God. Well, I just don't feel like my life is worth anything. How dare those words come out of the mouth of a Christian? Jesus died for our life. God gave us life. Well, it's not working out like I thought. Well, we talked about that this morning, but the value is in the fact that God thought enough to give you life. It's, what is your life? It's a gift from God. God. Boy, think about that. You are a gift from God. Next time you get frustrated at another Christian, just be reminded they're a gift from God. What is your life? It's a gift from God. Number two, that question, what is your life? It is limited. In verse number 14, the question begins to get answered for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. See if you can relate to any of these statements. It seems like yesterday. And we're referring to a decade ago. Well, it, time just seems to pass by. It is true for all of us. Now, I'm going to make a very deep statement. You better pay close attention or you'll miss it. Everybody in here is older today than they were last Sunday. All right, hang on. I'm going to really blow your mind. Next Sunday, 
you're going to be older than you are right now. What is your life? It is limited. You can't live this day again. You can't live last year again. The Bible says it's a vapor. It's here, then it's gone. It's a limited time. There's something that everybody in here has. You have a birthday, and there is a day that God knows. It's the last day we have on this earth. Whether we all go together in the rapture, or whether time goes and our journey is finished and God is done with us. Time goes by. I think of a statement that was made about Dr. Lee, that, that was attributed to Dr. Lee Robertson, who lived uh, right, out, right out of a century. As it was obvious that the Lord was getting ready to take him home. And he was quoted as saying, I'm ready, but I didn't think it would get here this fast. A man that lived about a century, I didn't think it would get here this fast. Well, if you know the ministry of that man, Every Sunday he preached on the second coming of Christ and he was ready to see his Savior. But the point I'm making is our life is limited. And that's why I, I, I want to emphasize, as part, this isn't really a lot of, go along a lot with this message, but I'll emphasize right here. That's why I enjoy every stage of life you're in. Take time to enjoy the part of life that you're in. Sometimes we as Christians, we're so ready to get out of this phase of life to the next one that we don't enjoy what God has given us. We understand that it is limited, it's vapor, it's a limited time. All of us have a limited time on this earth. Now, let me remind you, it's a gift from God. It's a limited time. As we get further in this progression, we ought to be reminded, does it matter what we do with our life? Does it matter how we choose the priority of our day? Well, we could stop right here and answer the yes, because it's a gift from God. Yes. Because it's limited. So it, we ought to have some priority in our life and say, well, I don't understand the meaning of life. I don't understand all that takes place in life, but I do understand this. Life is a gift from God, and we should not take it from granted. We should not just assume that things are always going to be the, the way they are, that everybody's always going to be with us. And, and it, it's just, well, it's not that valuable, it's not that special, but it's a gift from God. And secondly, it's limited. It's limited. We're getting older. Some of us are getting older. You want to see it from this side, let me tell you. But it's a reminder that it's, it's limited, it's vapor, so it's, it's, a, it's, it, it's, it's here that vanishes away, that appears for a little time. I've had this realization, I'm, I'm not getting old yet, but... As I have always been somebody who enjoyed reading history, you would read about those who were in the, the Civil War period. And uh, I tell you, if, if you, if you're interested in that period, I have a couple of members I can point you to that can give you eyewitness accounts of that. But and then you begin reading about World War I. And you realize that in World War I wasn't that far away from the Civil War. You read it in different periods if you didn't live it. Then I'm getting to the place now where it's like, wait, well, wait that, 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 was half a, that was a century ago. That was half a century ago. And I'm almost to the place now where half a century ago was like, that's not that long. The point I'm making is, boy, it's a, limit, it's a little time. It's a little time. Number three, 
What is your life? It is filled with mistakes and imperfection. It is filled with mistakes and imperfection. We're reminded in verse 14 that it's a gift from God. We can't plan tomorrow. It appeared for a little time. Then we're given instruction in verse 15 and 16. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. By the way, if you need to get something right with God, don't put it off to later. You might not have later. Do it now. If you need to forgive somebody, don't wait till later. Do it now. If you need to get something out of your heart between you and God, don't wait till later. Do it now. Well, I'll do it in the future. If there's something that you, you somebody that's a blessing, don't wait. I'll have another opportunity. Let them know now. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. I said number three, it is filled with mistakes and imperfection. All of us, all of us have taken tomorrow for granted. Every one of us. All of us have said what we're told not to do in verse 15. I'm going to do this. We've all said it. But we're reminded we shouldn't be saying that because we don't control tomorrow. Our life is a little time. And I want to remind all of us that our life is filled with mistakes and imperfections. Say, wow, Pastor, you, you really encouraged us this morning, and now you're discouraging us, reminding us that all we, our life is full of mistakes and imperfections. No, listen, everybody's life is. We've all made mistakes. We all have imperfections. I bring this out because we're going to get to number four in just a moment. I'll spend the remainder of my time there. But you and I need to be reminded that we're not perfect. We make mistakes. And until we're reminded of that and we acknowledge of that, the last truth I'm going to give us tonight doesn't take hold the weight in our decision-making as it should. Because I'll get ahead of myself Too many times we let a mistake keep us from doing what this chapter ends with. And that'll bring me to number four. Look how fast I'm moving through this. Aren't you proud of me? What is your life? It's opportunity. I'm glad when I was a, I'll say a child, I don't remember what age, but I was aware of the word opportunity. And as a young man, I realized the importance of the word opportunity. And as a young preacher, I prayed for and desired opportunity. I'm afraid Christians don't understand or we don't put the proper weight on that word opportunity. You know, you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't have an opportunity to express it, You can have wisdom, but if you don't have an opportunity to give it. And by the way, God doesn't want our life to be that way. He gives us things so that we can use it for him. But as we see number four, what is your life as opportunity? Look at verse 17. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Now I'm going to, if I can say it this way, I'm going to use that verse in the negative, and I'm going to leave us with the positive. 
Somewhere psychologists say you're supposed to do that. Let the verse speak for itself. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. There are some things the Bible says, thou shalt not, and you better not. There are some things that the Bible warns against. It says there are consequences. And by the way, just because those consequences don't come about right away doesn't mean there's no consequences. And we as preachers have a responsibility to remind all of us of those things. We also have a responsibility with verse 17 to say there's some things that God expects with our life and we ought to do it, and you know you should do it. And if you don't, it's sin. The same word that if you violate one of those commandments of God, that's sin. See, a lot of times Christians and those that grow up, the young people especially listen to me, grow up in a church like this that. You're given the word of God, and you've given these things. It's, it, it becomes not just about what you're not doing that you've been told is wrong to do. It's about not doing what you know you should do. Quite frankly, we all have problems with that. That's the negative. The positive actually isn't that positive, but we'll call it that. No, it is. Look what it says. It says, therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not... It's a great day in our life as a Christian. We get to the place, I don't have to read my Bible. I get to read my Bible. I don't have to go to church. I get to go to church. I don't have to keep certain things out of my life. I want to. I'm not upset about being a Christian. I'm not upset about where I stand, where the Bible stands. I'm not Upset? I like being separated from the world. I, why? Because it allows me to be closer to my Savior. Amen. It's a great thing when we grow enough where that switch takes place in our mind. It's not about what I can't do or, or what I shouldn't do. It's about, man, I get to spend time with God. Amen. Boy, if I lay this weight down, it may not be a sin according to thou shalt not, but it's something that's hindering me. I can serve God in a greater way. Why? Because we have one life that's gift from God. What is that? We know it's we're supposed to do it, and we don't do it, but I want us to look at it from this. It, the Bible says it's sin. This is the way I want. It's a, just like I said, it's a, it's a good day when you switch in your mind. I don't have to read my Bible. I get to read my Bible. And let me say, it's a good thing, too. You always, see, I, I spoil you. You realize that, right? You don't have to see a clock. You know how many points I got. So as I go through those points, you know how many it is. So it's a good thing in your mind. It's like, I wish, I wish Pastor would preach all night. Well, we don't have any of those here this evening. We should do that which we know to do because God says we should. But point four, I said it's opportunity. I have one life that's a gift from God. And I have opportunity 
to do good with it. I have opportunity to pass over that which is average to do the above average. I have opportunity to rise above that which is expected and live in a way that is sacrificial. Life is opportunity to use it to do the most for God that you possibly could do. We can make, we got to, it says, therefore to him that knoweth to do good. Think about it. There's opportunities for you and I to do good. You know what this world needs? It needs for more of God's people to do good. We know what is good, but are you doing good? It's the same thing. We shouldn't just be hearers of the word, but doers also. Not hearers only, but doers of the word of God. What are we doing good? Uh, let's make a difference by doing what we should do. How about what we could do? Let me ask you two questions tonight. What should you be doing according to that which God calls good that you're not doing? It's different for everybody. It may overlap and we may have some of the same things, but I want to ask you that question tonight. What should you be doing that you know you should do? Second question I want to ask you tonight is not just what should you be doing, but here we go. What could you be doing? Could you be doing with your one life? And if you can answer what could you should be doing, listen very carefully. If you can answer what could you be doing, it's actually what should you be doing. We have one life. We have opportunity. Let me close with this. You say, Pastor, I've missed. You said, number three, let me remind you of this, Pastor, that life is filled with mistakes and imperfection. I've made mine. I'm not perfect. And because of that, I've missed opportunities. You know what the great thing is about God? Today's a new opportunity. No, you can't go back. And reclaim the opportunity that you missed. But quit using that as an excuse or as a hindrance of why you don't take the opportunity that's in front of you today. An opportunity to do something with your life. I just want to remind us tonight that the day is coming when we all are leaving this world one way or another. And we'll be with our our Heavenly Father. We'll be with our Savior. And all that's going to matter is what we did with our life that's going to affect eternity. You may not have had the opportunities that other people had in, their, in your past, but you have opportunity in front of you today. You may have missed opportunities, and you may have blown it. And that's why I want to remind us all, what is your life? All of us. Our life is filled with mistakes. It's filled with imperfections. Get over this. Well, I'm supposed to have it all together. Nobody's supposed to have it all together. We're, not, we're, 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 we're flesh. You're not the only one that doesn't know what you're doing. Just wanted to encourage you tonight. We don't have all the answers. And this is, this is such a, it, it, I'll throw this in here. And so many times I, I, I look at young adults and they're frustrated. And I look them in the eye and I say, look at me. It's okay that you don't know the answer. 
You haven't lived long enough. You've never faced this before. We make mistakes. We have imperfections. And because of that, anybody ever look back and say, I didn't realize that was an opportunity. Or I didn't realize that was the opportunity it was. Or I wish I'd taken that opportunity. There's, we all can probably identify with that. But I want to talk about that tonight. I want us to focus on the opportunities that are staring us in the face right now. You say, Pastor, well, what is that opportunity? Do you have something special in mind? I'll tell you what the opportunity is for you. The Holy Spirit can help you figure this out. What is it you should be doing? What is it you could be doing? That's the opportunity God has right in front of you. I'll say this, and we'll be done. I'm not telling you how long it's going to take me to say it. But I'll talk more about it as the end of the year gets closer, because recently and I've been able to get away for some time and get some much-needed rest and some much-needed time of prayer and seeking the will of God on some things, and there's great opportunity right ahead of us. Great opportunity. And I think we ought to pursue it. And I think we ought to fulfill the opportunity that God gives us. But it begins with each and every one of us deciding, there's some things that I probably should be doing. Could I? The answer's no for you. And by the way, uh, you don't have to look at somebody else and say, well, they... They, should have, they shouldn't have passed that opportunity. Worry about your opportunity. Kind of like, Pastor, there's a big mess out in the floor. You just want to let you know. You missed your opportunity. I just wanted to help us tonight. I hope this makes sense. What is your life? My life is, I've made some mistakes and I, I'm, I'm not perfect. Okay, that's everybody's life. But your life is valuable because it is a gift from God. And therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. That's what the Bible says. To him it is sin. God may impress upon you to pray for somebody. That's something God impressed upon you. To him. God may have impressed upon you to be an encouragement in some way. That's what God impressed upon you. To him. All of us. We have to be honest with what we feel that God would have us to do. But I want to put that in the context. We have one life to take every opportunity God has given us. As we pass people this week, we have an opportunity to be a gospel witness, to be a good testimony. You know, sometimes you only get one shot at a good testimony in the, in the hearts and the mind of somebody else. So they shouldn't judge. They don't have to judge sometimes. We, we have an opportunity to be a blessing and encouragement. It's an opportunity in front of us. We have an opportunity to surrender our life. Say, way back then, I should have surrendered. Okay, you didn't. You should have. I'm not trying to minimize things that we should have done. But you can surrender your heart tonight. You can can move forward tonight. You can do what you know you should do, that opportunity. God has given you another opportunity to make a difference for him by making a difference in the life of somebody else. Don't miss that opportunity. 
John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Think about our life being a gift from God. Because of Jesus, we have eternal life. Think about the opportunities we have. It's because of our Savior. Oh, we've made mistakes. We've, we've, we, 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 we've, we've failed. Are you saved tonight? Oh, we have eternal life. We have life through Christ. Too many times, too many times we take, without even thinking it, we take a position that we should not take as long as, I mean, look at the characters in the Bible. How many chances did God give them? How many opportunities did God give them? Oh, God has something for all of us. I guess what I'm just trying to say is, you got a life. Just in spite of what we've done in the past, why don't we just say, let's make the most of the opportunity we have today, tomorrow. You'd be amazed. You'd be amazed at what God would do through you. Jonah had an opportunity to obey God and go to Nineveh. Jonah said no, and he missed his opportunity. We focus on Jonah and the well, don't we? Oh, three days and three nights, and in children's church, I can still see it in children's church, all the descriptions of what took place in that belly. And I'll stop right there, but the replacing of Jonah on the shore and all of, that, all of those things, but what we always we fail to realize is the next time Jonah had an opportunity, he didn't miss it. And yes, Jonah ran from God, and God had to send a whale, that great fish to swallow him. But let's not lose that an entire city, an entire city, came to Christ, trusted Christ, believed on, turned from their pagan ways because a man took the opportunity that God graciously gave you. Now, you may not be saying, you may not have said no to God in the past, but if you have, take the opportunity. Young people, I hope you realize the favor God has bestowed on you to be born into the homes you've been born in. I know your, your dad tells those stupid jokes. I know. It's a rite of passage. I know your mom's just not cool. I know it's true. And oh, you got all these teenage problems and all these things. Hope you understand the favor. You can't fully understand it. It's where you just got to take the word of your pastor. God's been good to you. God's been good to all of us to give us his word, to give us a church like the Emmanuel Baptist Church, where we can do something for him. I told you I was going to quit a long time ago, didn't I? What should you do with the opportunity? What could you do? If you can answer what could you do, it's actually what should you do. Father, help us tonight as we...